This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. Equity Mates. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can Welcome to another episode of the Equity Mates Summer Series, proudly brought to you by Superhero. Over 12 episodes, we're diving into some of the most exciting, interesting, and well-known companies from both here in Australia and over in the US. In some instances, we'll be hearing directly from the CEOs to give you first-hand insight into their companies. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Not often that I get excited to talk about a company that's down 74% from its all-time high. No, that's not, that's true. It's not often, but there's Good reason, and we'll be uh, getting into it all in a moment. Uh, we are talking about one of the COVID stocks of 2021, and that is Peloton. The ticker is PTON. You can find it on the Superhero platform. And we're really excited because we've been fortunate enough to get the Australian country manager, Australian CEO of Peloton, Karen Lawson, who will be joining us at the uh, in the second half of this interview to discuss the launch here in Australia and what she sees as the future prospects of the fitness industry. So uh, a massive episode coming up because this is one or was one hot stock, depending on which side of the bull or bear case you uh, sit. <laughs> and speaking to some experts that we respect a lot, may well one day be again. Yes. Yeah, that was a <laughs> mouthful. I'm excited to get into this one because I had a pretty, I had a view of Peloton going into this episode, going into the research, and I've come out and with how a, the tables have and turned. I've come out with a different view. Um, and and I, that's investing. That's investing, baby. <laughs> Love that. Well, we are chatting about one of the hottest COVID stocks of 2021, and that is Peloton over in the US. Uh, it's a NASDAQ stock. The ticker is PTON. Uh, you can check it out on the Superhero platform. And a reminder that the summer series is brought to you by Superhero, who allow you to buy Aussie and US shares and ETS with no monthly account fees. And you can now earn Qantas points with Superhero. So visit superhero.com.au slash Qantas to learn more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions and fees and charges apply. So we're going to be spending the next sort of 20 minutes or so having a look at what Peloton does. A bit about the industry. It's a fascinating industry. Uh, it's financials and future prospects. There are so many amazing facts that came out of the research process for this company. So this gives you the opportunity to win a thousand bucks in a superhero wallet by remembering some of the key facts from this episode, heading across to our Instagram page at Equity Mates and dropping uh, in the comment section on the Peloton post what your favorite um, stat from this episode was or favorite fact. We'll choose uh, someone from the comments section to win a thousand bucks at the end of the week. So plenty of opportunity to get started investing thanks to Superhero. But Ren. Let's start from the very beginning. Bryce, you're the cyclist. In a past life, you were almost a national champion cyclist. So close. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> um, you were uh, what could have been. Yes. Uh, what well, still might be. No. <laughs> you do have a. It would be pretty epic to get back into. You it, do have a 150k race in. Well, by I, the time it would have been done. By the time this is released, yeah. So if they're seeing, you know, you in the news and all your glory <laughs> winning the race, um, then they will know. Oh, I don't even know where I'm <laughs> no, going with this. Not, all right, look, Peloton. Bryce, former champion cyclist Lesky, tell us about Peloton. 
Peloton is the largest interactive fitness platform in the world. You would most likely know it from um, the fitness bikes that you've seen, but they do plenty more now. It's got a community of more than 6.2 million members. And the idea is that they offer classes across a variety of fitness and uh, sort of wellness disciplines that you can easily do from the comfort of your own home, which is why it absolutely skyrocketed during COVID. So they do... The big one is their indoor cycling. I was going to say, you're yeah. painting it as like this multi-fitness uh, experience. Oh, they probably like to see it that it way. It is, yeah. it is. And we've actually got some numbers on how that's changed. But like you think Peloton, you think the bike. Yeah, well, it's named after a Peloton. You see, I wouldn't know that because I'm not a former champion cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> indoor cycling is the big one. You, you buy the bike, which we'll get into in a moment, and uh, you can join... Uh, an interactive indoor cycling class from your lounge room. But they also do other things like uh, indoor, outdoor running and walking. They have boot camps. They run yoga sessions. They also provide weight setup so you can do weights um, from your own home and and join in with the other 6.2 million members around the world. Uh, And it's led live by uh, a Peloton instructor uh, on the screen in front of you. So, yeah, look, um, pretty interesting company and one that has got a lot of attention. Yeah, so as we said, we got some numbers on how the variety of workouts have changed. Back in 2017, 94% of the workouts on Peloton were cycling related. It was a bike, it was an indoor bike company. Um, by to now, uh, cycling is 58% of all workouts. So it's still the most popular, um, but from 94% to 58%, that is diversifying your offering yeah which is good to see Uh, yeah and and it makes sense because have you seen some of these other um companies that have emerged like the peloton model like making exercising at home sexy and cool and seamless and easy has been copied by there's a whole bunch of fitness mirrors i can never say that word fitness mirrors mirrors (laughs) yeah uh tonal is the big one there yeah and then there's rowers uh hide Dro, I think, is the big yeah. one there. So there's a bunch that have taken the Peloton playbook and are trying to copy it. So it makes sense that Peloton are trying to stay ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, home fitness is not a new concept. No. Way back making, in the day you could buy those. No, home fitness is not a new concept. You have a door, you have a gym. <laughs> you, you, well, I mean, even in the 80s you could buy those like in, uh, aerobic fitness VCRs. Yeah, yeah, oh, of course. And <laughs> yeah. like there's all those like ab crunches that yeah, you slide yeah, under yeah. your bed and then, you yeah. know, like on the um, – what are they even called? Like Global Shop Direct? And yeah, all those, yeah. Like, you Whatever know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. 40 minute like Yeah, ads. yeah. yeah Jeez, yeah. it's been a while since I watched Free to Air TV. <laughs> yeah. Can't even name Free to Air Midday TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the point is Peloton made it cool. Yeah, they made I it think. sexy. Yeah. Peloton made it something that you wouldn't be like ashamed Ooh, about. Ooh, I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, It made it something that you would talk about. Yeah. And the reason being is because they have the, these sleek, sexy indoor bikes that have amazing screens and ability to interact. So they generate most of their revenue through the sale of these bikes and their treadmills. But look, it, it is pretty expensive, Ren. The cheapest bike going around, I think, is about 1900 bucks, and they go up to just shy of uh, 4500 4300 for an indoor bike or a treadmill. On top of that, what you then do is you actually buy an all-access membership. Um, and so you pay, I think, about 39 bucks a month to get access to a range of all of these classes. You can join into the fitness sessions 
using your, your treadmill or your bike. Yeah, that, that's the model. Mm. Uh, before we go deeper, this is I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but if people are interested, it's a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. Um, Affirm, the buy now, yeah, pay yeah. later, and Peloton, that is the best example of a symbiotic relationship in business I've ever seen. There was, I'm not sure what the numbers are now, but like a couple of years ago, it was like the majority of Peloton sales were through Affirm and the majority of Affirm sales were of Peloton bikes. And it was just like this symbiotic relationship where these two companies grew together. Is that still in existence? Because I'm pretty sure now um, Peloton offer just 0% repayment on their bikes. It would be through Affirm. Yeah, I'm right. Sure. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, there's there's an I think there's an interesting medium article about it, but you can find stuff on it. Really interesting symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Um but it's expensive. The bike is expensive. Uh, in Australia, an Aussie dollars two and a half grand cheapest bike. Yeah. Then 40 bucks a month. Taking away the capital of uh, the capital injection of the bike, 39 bucks a month for an all access membership. If you're only going to the gym, Taking away the bike. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> it's your most expensive well, video I mean, streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you've obviously got to get the bike up front. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as a as a membership, gym membership, it's actually not that expensive. Hold on. Do you? Could you just get the membership? Could I just get a shitty Nordic Track no. Rebel Sport bike and stick and stick an iPad on it and then get the Peloton app? Oh, yeah. Have we just cracked it? Well, that's what it says here. Um, I think they offer a digital membership with no access to bike or tread classes. There you go. So you don't actually get the classes or the treadmill. You probably just get the weights and the yoga and the other bits and pieces that don't require. Yeah. That's 13 bucks a month. So for me, that that price was always a barrier. Mm -hmm. Um, And Fair enough. We'll talk about it later, but put a pin in that price because that – I've changed my mind on that. And for me, that is a key point in changing my mind about the company as a whole. So we'll get to that. But to to keep breaking down the company, I think the number that, that stood out to us more than anything else that really surprised us when we were doing our research, Darcy actually found it and it sort of stopped us all and we had to fact check it and fact check it again. <laughs> was the, the We la- all took a day off. It was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> was the lack of churn. Yeah. For a company that it's something that is quite easily replicable, spin classes, online spin classes, they have a 92% retention rate and previously it was 96%, which is just pretty astounding, I think. Yeah, it's an amazing figure. Like, I don't know how replicable, for, replicable for, it for is. For context, Netflix is 93%. Yeah, it's an amazing figure. And Netflix, you don't have to do anything. Like you don't have to get... F- actually be active yeah and to to make it worth your while like well maybe this is perhaps one of the numbers that uh when people think about the future of fitness and indoors and having the flexibility to do it and ease and not he- heading to the gym like these might be the th- this is a number that you kind of think okay yeah there's a there's a future here mm. if they can replicate this now two explanations for that the first one is they're building this incredible community or they add so much value through the the platform and through the classes and i believe that to an extent i believe that the second one is there's such a high upfront cost in the bike that you feel like you have to keep paying for the membership. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I also think that there's a lot of instances where there are high upfront costs to a lot of things and people end up just having them as sunk costs. It's not you, True. it's not a ma- it's like one of those cognitive bias or human nature to 
you know, it's not like someone hasn't gone out and bought a three thousand dollar road bike thinking they're going to be an Iron Man and then never done it. Yeah. Since so. Yeah. So all right, let's keep going through the company because I'm mindful of time and we've got so much to still talk about. So to give you an idea of how quickly their users have grown, uh, September 2019, 1.6 million. December 2019, so really just before the pandemic starts to emerge, two million. Uh, by December 2020, 4.4 million. So they more than doubled in that first COVID year. Uh, and now they're, what, six and a bit million um, as we round out another year. So they've basically gone from two million to four million to a bit over six million. COVID's been good for them. COVID has been good for them. It's been um, phenomenal growth uh, as a shareholder. You'd love to see that. Will be interesting to see. <laughs> as a shareholder, you would have loved them up to about February this year and then it's been one way downhill skiing from there. It's been pretty slippery. So let's talk about the industry and its competitors because this is – I keep flagging the fact that I've changed my mind on their costs and this is where I think we talk about that. So industry, global health and wellness industry is valued at about $5 expected to be $6 by 2025. People are getting more health conscious – you know, there's a growing middle class around the world. Like we're, we're all aware of the trends. Fitness spending is pretty sticky as well. Within that uh, global category, at home, uh, fitness and wellness has accelerated. We don't actually have the numbers, but anecdotally, we all know that gyms were closed around the world. I bought resistance bands, <laughs> didn't use them that much. From Instagram. <laughs> From Instagram and they and took they like six come. months to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and by that time, the motivation had well yeah, and truly waned. <laughs> um, but let's talk about their major competitors because this is where I think it becomes interesting. So there's a bunch of other exercise bikes on the market and there are cheaper exercise bikes, sure. And we can talk to those numbers in a sec. There's a bunch of gyms, but really what Peloton, who Peloton's core customer is, well, at least when they started, was people wanting to do spin classes. And in America, there's a few big companies that do spin classes, none bigger than SoulCycle. SoulCycle, yeah. You heard of them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so this is where I changed my mind on Peloton. Because when we think about spin classes in Australia, we think about like Fitness First or the, the local gym where the cost of the classes is included in the gym membership. That's very that's like traditional, yeah. Yeah. But the I mean the competitor now would be uh, like an orange theory or whatever uh, here in Australia. You, I don't yeah. go to your fancy gyms. Like <laughs> I don't go to if, that either. If you, but anyway. if you guys want to see Bryce, he'll be at Barry's most mornings. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt off, red light. No, no. Um, <laughs> But SoulCycle, which uh, took off in America, $34 a class mm. if you buy a pack of 10 for 340 Otherwise, it's $36 a class. And so that's where the maths becomes interesting because if you put Peloton head-to-head with SoulCycle and you say you buy the Peloton bike with a firm, 36 months, no interest, you're paying about 59 bucks a month and then you're paying $39 subscription. So a month, you're paying a bit under 100 bucks for unlimited spin classes. Compare that to SoulCycle, $34 a class. Like you can do that maths, but if you do three classes at SoulCycle, all of a sudden Peloton's a better offer. Mm. And for me in the US, that's a really compelling offering. Yeah, it is taking a bet on how people like to um, like to do their exercise. Obviously, uh, SoulCycle's in person. That's the biggest difference. Yeah. And Peloton is still online. But, 
yeah, if you just do the maths on it and you're willing to do it from your comfort of your own lounge room and, and join in the class online, then the numbers certainly make sense for a Peloton. Now, here's the question though. It makes sense when you put them head to head with SoulCycle. I don't think it makes sense when you put them head to head with like a Fitness First in Australia or like other gym models from around the world. And so my question is, how big can they be? Because financially, like me going to Fitness First and doing spin classes there compared to paying a Pel- for Peloton doesn't make sense. Yeah, I kind of disagree. Well, yeah, hit yeah. Me. Why do you disagree? Well, it just depends on ha- how you go about t- treating the bike. Like if you just go to Fitness First to do a spin, spin class and you pay a full membership, you're, I think you're still paying about 80 bucks a month. And if you're doing like two spins a week, like it's it's not that different. Yeah, that's fair. If you go and get a discount, 30% off or whatever, of course it becomes a lot cheaper. I think my membership at Fitness First is 16 bucks a week or something. Mm. So there's all, always those opportunities. But if you were to go in full price, full contract, short term or whatever, it's – and you're just doing spin class, treating it as a spin class, which a lot of people do do. They go to fitness first. I was going to ask that question. Do you reckon they do? 100%. I mean, I generally only go to fitness first for classes. But you go to other classes other than just spin classes? Uh, I don't actually do a spin <laughs> class. I go and just do like a body pump or whatever it may be. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, But other people I know go just for a spin. It boils down to how you use it. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Peloton could be an incredibly successful company targeting those people. I guess the the world domination idea of making everyone like getting converting huge swaths of the population to at home fitness, that's where I'm less convinced. But I am convinced on the pricing after learning about SoulCycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what about the other competitive landscape? I think they've started a category. Well, they've started a trend. The category obviously already existed, but there's now a whole bunch more playing in that space. So, Amazon. Oh no, not Amazon. So we mentioned. Um, we mentioned Hydro and Tonal yeah. um, the, and there's a bunch of other companies. A lot of the more traditional exercise equipment, at-home exercise equipment players are taking a leaf out of Peloton's book and creating like digital subscriptions and stuff like that. Obviously, a lot of the wearable companies, um, so like Apple with their, their watch, Amazon have launched Halo. They're trying to push into the fitness space more and do like digital subscriptions. Uh, Nike have a training club app. Um, I think that's more about running though. Lululemon have an athletic um, mirror similar to Tonal. So many of these companies are coming to the market and we haven't even spoken about the metaverse yet. Yeah. Well, let's keep moving through. So we'll take a quick look at the financials before actually looking at what are some of the future prospects for Peloton. So market cap of uh, $13.5 billion. Total quarterly revenue in Q1 for 22 was 805 million. 12 month, we've spoken about their retention rate, amazing retention rate of 92%. So it would be great to see those numbers continue. But in terms of their uh, annual growth for um, their compound annual growth for revenue, it's a staggering 106% since 2016 to 2021. So their revenue just keeps on churning through. Um, obviously, they've had significant growth uh, over the last couple of years, given what's been going on with COVID. So whether or not they can t- can continue with that um, compound growth rate, we will soon see. But uh, they're not profitable. All tech companies over on, in the states, that's the trend. Yeah. So good, good to see they're sticking with the trend. But yeah, incredible revenue growth. Four billion dollars in sales in revenue. Fourteen billion dollar market cap at the moment. It's not 
as out of the realm of fair value as some of the other tech companies we've seen. Mm. That $14 billion market cap is at the end of it falling 75% though. Yeah. 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 I think let's talk about the future because there's a bunch more things we can talk about, but I think the metaverse needs to be touched on here. Um, And then I think there's also a a quick conversation around Flywheel. Well, I I just also want to bring in, I don't know, have you been hearing the chit chat like Pellet, this is um, uh, the, the future prospects for Peloton might actually be uh, an acquisition by the likes of Apple, yeah, or Amazon. Yeah. But everyone everyone says that about um, any company that is sort of sleek hardware. Everyone's like, oh, Apple might buy them. It's like Tesla a few years ago. Tesla, oh, yeah, Apple yeah. might buy them. Peloton, Apple might buy them. It's like if you make consumer tech or consumer hardware that looks good, Apple is an acquisition target. Well, let's, po- let's sack podcast and try and make a sleek looking consumer. Yeah, like consumable. The, the sleekest <laughs> podcasting mic. Oh, Apple <laughs> might buy you. They're in podcasting. Like. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Flywheel because, um, and then let's finish with Metaverse sure. and then we'll get to this interview. Sure. When we think about competitive advantage in this space, it can be hard to think about like how they compete with all these other fitness apps on the market. There's not really a network effect in its truest sense it's not like you joining peloton adds any incremental value to me using peloton but what it kind of does is there's a bit of a flywheel in that if peloton is able to get the most users they're able to offer more money to get the best instructors Mm. and the best instructors then attract more users and build a better experience who then and then you know the users then recommend it to their friends which then again like gives them more money to get the best instructors and that that flywheel can exist and the fact that Peloton has a head start matters. That's probably the the big defensibility play here because this space is crowded. Yeah. 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 I want to give it a crack. I Same. Well, yeah. we asked Peloton for a bike to try and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they said they, they said they didn't have enough. Uh, for, well, for, they've just for opened. Media. They've just opened in Australia. They should have enough. Well, we'll bring it up. We'll bring it up with Karen when we chat to her. <laughs> All right, but let's talk metaverse because I know you're you're pumped. Well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, you can really see um, where this could fit in the metaverse if um, if you think about what uh, the metaverse could offer in terms of interaction in the digital world and engaging in fitness classes in the digital world, Peloton is certainly setting themselves up to be involved in that. Sitting on a bike in your lounge room, probably not looking at a screen, but feeling like you're doing the Tour de France all around you with 10 of your mates going up the Alpe d'Huez in France. Like you can see that sort of all playing out. So so Facebook, oh, meta acquisition target. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this comes down to that huge thing around what is the future of fitness are we going to see a transition of people moving away from what we, we've done F45 in this um, series and we spoke about how they're sticking to that s- sort of traditional uh, in-person classes and they're betting that that's going to continue yet here we have Peloton betting that there's a, sh- a massive shift going to occur in how people are engaging with fitness away from the in-person, taking it into the digital world, doing it from the uh, from their own homes when it's sort of more convenient and flexible for them. So two different – it's really interesting actually, two different approaches to to the future of fitness and uh, yeah, I don't really have a view on it. I think people will always want to do some things in person. I, th- I don't know, I think for now, but you can certainly see how these 
I guess the likes of Peloton. Um, I guess, but but the idea with the metaverse is people need to stop thinking about this distinction of virtual and in person. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The the end state for the metaverse is it. It's in person. It, it gives you that same yeah. feeling as it's in person. Yeah. Like it feels like you're in person just digitally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the obvious question is. Is Peloton any better placed to win in the metaverse than any of its exercise bike competitors? Like if, if we're all just going to jump on an exercise bike, log into Facebook and ride together thinking we're on the Tour de France, is that is that something that Peloton necessarily has a comparative advantage well, it's, in? It's, or is the platform actually still going to be like Facebook? Well, that's what I mean. What's stopping Facebook just creating a sexy looking bike and saying, hey, guys. Or no, or just saying it's interoperable by any bike yeah. and come use our yeah. platform because yeah, exactly. we, we see the platform as the valuable part of this ecosystem. Yeah, once again, controlled by Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Winklevoss Twins Web3 Gemini yeah. version, like yeah. is there a decentralized Ethereum-based app that creates uh, – the platform that we all ride on and we can yeah. just ride any bike. That's yeah. my question. I'm not technical enough to know the answer. But if it is bike specific, I'd probably be backing Peloton to get there first. We have a write-up on Peloton available on our website and we will include uh, a link from the TDM boys over at TDM, yeah, yeah. TDM Growth Partners. They're incredibly TDM bullish. boys and girls. TDM boys and girls. Uh, um, so they are incredibly bullish on Peloton, publicly so, and wrote a really good uh, explanation as to their thesis. Now, um, you know, take it as it is, but um, you will be able to see how they're thinking about fitness and how they're um, coming to understand the potential for Peloton in their eyes and why they think it's going to be a decade-long multiplier. Yeah. So it's, And they wrote it. In and the they middle of the, the drawdown. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, they, I don't think they would care no, about that. No, no. The, the investors yeah, that Yeah, you got to respect that. They wouldn't care. Yeah. So um, we'll include that plus a write-up in a bit more detail about what we've discussed today. So make sure you go check it out on our website. So, Ren, that brings us to the exciting part of the episode where we're going to hear from Karen Lawson, who is the country manager, CEO of Peloton here in Australia. Before we do, we'll take a quick break and then let's jump straight into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Karen Lawson is Peloton's country manager for Australia. And prior to Peloton, Karen was the managing director for Spotify in Australia and the CEO of Slingshot. So Karen, welcome to Equity Mates. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So as we start all of these interviews with our CEOs, we uh, love to hear them describe their own company in their own words. <laughs> so what is Peloton? 
Well, sometimes it's a bit difficult to describe what it is. It's better to experience it. But the nice. way that I would um, try and help your listeners understand what it feels like to be part of this world is that it, we are a global, interactive, connected fitness business. So what that really means is that we bring the excitement and the energy of a boutique fitness class and we bring that into your home or actually wherever you really want to work out. So that could be you know, yoga on the beach or doing a hit class in the park or simply, you know, before a podcast, doing a little bit of calming meditation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I think um, sometimes the misconception is Peloton is the bike mm. or actually Peloton is a connected fitness experience on the app and also with our with our other equipment. We did actually uh, float the idea before doing this interview of trying to do it on the bike oh, yeah, so that, that we actually funny. could experience <laughs> as, as we did the interview. Uh, couldn't get it together, but maybe next time. Maybe next time, yeah. <laughs> you just want to show me up because you'll be in front of me on the leaderboard and no. I'll be like, no, 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 no Bryce likes no. to tell everyone that he was a former junior uh, champion cyclist. I don't uh, like to tell everyone. Ren likes telling everyone. So uh, he would be out in front. I would probably be a little bit behind. <laughs> and I'd just be making you feel really good about yourself. <laughs> so, Karen, a lot of people are probably familiar with Peloton's brand. They probably heard mm. about it in the US, but uh, it's only recently launched in Australia. You're heading up that effort. Uh, how's the reception been so far? Honestly, it's been amazing. Uh, I think we are all really humbled by the response we've got from Australians. And even before we really came here or announced that we were coming, it was, you could feel the passion of Australians around, you know, health and well-being. And Australians are very worldly in terms of brands. And so there was a lot of demand and reach out to say, when are you coming? When are you coming? So we knew that there was already that pent up demand and our, um, you know, just our market awareness was really strong, but it actually has been, uh, you know, phenomenal. And we've obviously seen some, you know, real differences in terms of Australia to maybe other places in the world and we've, we've seen a, a real propensity for Australians to love the bike plus which is we've got two bikes so one's the bike the other one's the bike plus with the, a number of different features and so that's been absolutely phenomenal so we launched in three markets in July the 14th, so it's imprinted in my brain. <laughs> right in the middle of COVID, so we couldn't launch our retail stores, which was a, a real shame, but it's just been wonderful. Like our Facebook groups have really grown and we've just seen that real energy from our members. So, nice. yeah, we're, we're absolutely thrilled. Yeah, and we should shout out that uh, Martin Place and Bondi uh, are the two retail locations, so if people want to see the bikes, they can. That's right, yeah. So we've got um, two owned and operated stores which are absolutely beautiful so there are flagship showrooms and uh, we recently also announced a partnership with David Jones so we also have a number of locations with them as well so we have one in Elizabeth Street and then we've also got two in Victoria so one in Burke Street and the other one in um, Chadstone Moor or affectionately known for any Victorians listening as Chaddy. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you've done your research. Like yeah that. I know just, you, you got to speak to them in the heart yeah. I know I know. There are those those um, retail locations that people can literally touch and feel the bike. But we also have a really um, like intimate and beautiful premium experience called virtual appointments. So anyone around Australia can actually book into a virtual appointment and have a one-to-one kind of Zoom with a Peloton expert and they show you around the bike. And it, it's a really personal experience, really tailored to the, you know, the music you like, the kind of fitness you might want to uh, like to enjoy. So there is lots of ways to kind of interact with us as brand. Mm. 
So there's no doubt the bike is uh, what most people are no Peloton for. Yeah. But, you know, criticism does sort of centre around the cost of the bike, uh, starting at, what, 2295 here in Australia. Um, and, you know, if you compare that to other options in the market, it, it is um, somewhat expensive. So how do you approach convincing customers to spend this much to get into yeah. it. Yeah. Look, we, we appreciate it is an investment. I think the first thing is we've, you know, partnered with a buy now, pay later provider. So actually over 39 months, it's $59 a month. And unlike maybe a gym membership, 59 covers the bike that can be used by everyone in your household. So that means, you know, your mom, your dad, your nan, your granny, um, it's, so it's a really, it's a shared cost. So I think that makes it really affordable. And then the other thing, which I think is really interesting around how much people really are so passionate about us is I think when you think about the value of it is that we know that our members work out with us a staggering 16.6 times a month. And in the summer months, actually, if we look at that as a kind of a year number that can go up to, you know, 24.9. So our earnings reports actually kind of share those numbers. So you also can feel really confident that maybe unlike a gym membership, you're like, oh, I'm going to go in today, I'm going to use it, or you know, maybe business takes me away and you're not around to use it. So then when you think about the cost to be the value, that's slightly different as well. So when we look at our churn rates, you know, we have a retention rate of 92% across mm-hmm. the app and also our bike. And then if you look at Simply Connected Fitness, we have an incredible 0.8% churn rate. Wow. Yeah. So that should tell you this is <laughs> A, something that's really affordable, not just for you, but for your entire family. B, this is something you're going to use a lot a month. And also you're going to absolutely love it. When I think about, you know, is that expensive? Well, it's an investment, but you know what? You're going to use it a lot mm. um, and you're going to have a lot of fun using it. And you know what? You're going to be the most popular person in your house. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone's going to like you and all your friends. And hopefully the fittest as yeah, well. Yeah, there you go. I know. That's exactly right. Yeah. Let's talk about that customer churn rate because uh, it was so mind-blowing to me that uh, Darcy, who works with us when he found it, I actually made him go and find a second source to, to back that number up. <laughs> you didn't believe us? No. No. I think the first source he found was third party and so uh-huh. then we checked it on your website. Yeah. But it is really impressive. And for context, Peloton is 92%, Netflix is 93%. Yeah. And Netflix requires a lot less uh, physical exertion to use. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's just, it, it is testament to once you get people in, they stick around. Mm. Um, but can you sort of unpack it? Like what, yeah. why do you think the number is so high? Yeah. Look, it's it, it's kind of magical, isn't it, to run a business knowing that customers love it so much mm. and they're so passionate about it. I think ultimately when, when we look at the business and say, why has it been so successful? I kind of put it down to those three C's. So, I mean, the first thing is just this incredible content. So when we talk about content, you know, these are not just the best instructors, they're the best instructors in the world. You know, if you're going to a gym, it's like, yeah, it's the best, you know, double bay maybe. But you know you've got the absolute very best. And when I say that, it is they excel at what they do, but they also have this charisma and mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. and personalities. And we've got over 40 instructors. So you can choose 
who really resonates with your personality. And again, you don't always have that kind of personalization or choice. And then music. And we've seen from our partnership with Spotify, for example, that Australians love their music, they love their playlists. And one of the things I didn't quite get till I started using the app, because I actually really enjoy outdoor running, was just the, I think, the detail with which the class pans are put together and each body movement is choreographed to a piece of music. So if you're starting off walking, the beats are kind of slow and then they're counting you down into a fast run and then all of a sudden you're into a chorus and Music's so powerful as a motivator, but the fact that we've got all these different, you know, artist series, we've just done this incredible, almost like a 72-hour series with Beyonce across all these different modalities, wow. <laughs> you know, whether you're into um, like the Bieber or the Beatles, there's just something for you. Mm. That really intimate personalization is, is, is great. So that's kind of, for me, the content. And then when I think about the different modalities that we have, again, people think about the bike, but if you look at the app or indeed on the bike, you've got everything from, you know, strength to cardio, dance, cardio, prenatal meditation, yoga, and inside all of those different categories, you can filter down, you know, 10 deep to go like upper arms workout, or I want to do flow yoga. I don't, so there is just so much choice. There's over, you know, 14, 15,000 classes. Mm-hmm. So, again, um, you can absolutely find something you love. But I think the, the kind of second point then I talk about the C's is community, which has just been so incredible. So we have been very much a member-first organisation. So when we create new features on the bike or across the app, it's because members are telling us, hey, we want this. And so it might sound really obvious, but one thing members have been telling us for a really long time is the pause button. So, you know, if Amazon turns up with a package and you're on a bike, sure. you know, or actually we it's kind of funny because um, when the earthquake was happening in Melbourne, we had a lot of people like, no, I'm just carrying on with the class. I'm not stopping it because I don't want to lose my place on the leaderboard and that is actually true okay <laughs> <laughs> because also they couldn't have press the pause button but the pause button is there but I, I use that as a funny anecdote but it is how we develop the business which is taking on board that feedback mm. to create these features and then this membership and community are just driving it forward so you can choose what hashtag you want to work out to find your crew you know you can connect to your best mate on a bike with a zoom call while you're working out I don't know what area anyone would really want to see me working out (laughs) definitely not what I would recommend but some people love it no like my mum's in the UK and she doesn't have a bike she's in her 80s but um you know if she did want a bike and she was on it we could do a zoom call you know between the UK and here or you could do a meditation with your mum or your dad or your best friend or your brother that's overseas so all of a sudden these you know these boundaries to relationships that we've missed so much just kind of come down and then I think the last one is something that resonates with every one of us which is just life is pretty hard and pretty busy Mm. and so convenience is that loss see and the fact is we're so used to now with our lives kind of you know whether it's uber eats or you know it's ordering online there is just this um i think expectation from consumers that i want it personalized i want it on demand i want it now and i want it localized and fitness hasn't really 
had any of those elements around convenience. There's always been a barrier of, okay, I've got to get my gym kit on and I've got to get a bus or I've got to go somewhere and did I book into a class? Oh, I can't get in. Oh, actually work's taken over. Now I'm going to be docked a few points on my, you know, mm-hmm. membership. So all of those things I think for a lot of people mean that um, this is just so much more convenient, but you've got all this connectedness, which is just so much better. Yeah, mm. it's fascinating. So back in 2017, uh, the percentage of workouts for that were cycling related for Peloton was what, 94% or thereabouts. Mm. Subsequently now it's much closer to sort of 50%, sitting about 58%. So mm. no doubt that transition and increase in um, what you provide for your community is, is changing the dynamic. Mm. What is the sort of product strategy going forward? Yeah. Um, should we expect any, uh, you got a door, you got a gym type style <laughs> stuff? <laughs> well, how, how's uh, Peloton thinking about yeah. even, you know, expanding their offering. Yeah. Well, our first lens is always about members. So what are members telling us that they they want to work out to next? We've seen this really, really big take up in, in strength. Um, so we saw that across our strength category. So, you know, bar, Pilates, weights. And that is something which is really universal around the world is this popularity of strength, which I think goes to our, you know, thoughts around fitness. And it's you know, so many different body types. It's really about health and well-being as opposed to, you know, looking at um, why you might be working out. And strength has just been massive for us. So we just announced um, globally that we're going to be launching Peloton Guide, which is um, a really interesting piece of technology that can sit on top of your, your TV and it recognises your body form. So if anyone's worked out in a class, you know, if you're lucky, an instructor might come over and go, oh, you're you're lifting that weight, not the right way. But how many other times in that hour or 45 minute class mm. is your body not in the right position that could cause injury or actually not getting the most out of your workout? So Guide has a body recognition that is able to help you understand how you're moving in relation to the instructor. And you can also then share with it what different body parts that you might want to improve. And so it can then also concentrate on those kind types of, so you might say, hey, I really want to have great biceps or I really want to work out, you know, my legs. And so again, it's able to um, really detect what kind of motions are fulfilling your own personal goals. And so um, that will be launching next year. So we're very excited about that. Wow. Yeah. What about nutrition? Do you guys do anything in that space? No, we haven't yet. No. There you go. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce goes to a gym where they do like blood tests and everything. So maybe that's... Genomics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's an interesting point you make because um, you like they do pretty well one-on-one classes and having that one-on-one tell you mm. every movement, walk you through it yeah. compared to doing a 45-minute mass class where you just lift weights yeah. the way you think it should be. Uh Massive difference. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like when probably when you talk to somebody that's been playing golf for a while and all of a sudden they go and get a class and they've almost got to go back to the beginning yeah. and rebuild everything yeah. from yeah. scratch. But I also think um, with so many different types of modalities as well, the you know, the propensity to be doing something slightly wrong or anyone, for example, has done Pilates and you could look through a window at someone doing Pilates and think they're not working very hard because they're such tiny movements. Mm. But then when you do that, you're just like, oh, wow, that really, that's that's <laughs> tough. But that tiny movement is 
also about body placement. And so, you know, whether your hip's not quite in alignment or your leg or your knee actually has, it makes a really mm. big difference. Mm. And so when an instructor will adjust you like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I know <laughs> that's what I should have been doing. You know, guide will provide you with, with all of that. And again, it gives you so much flexibility around how you look at those visuals. So are you side by side with the instructor? Do you not want to see the instructor? You just want to see yourself. Mm. Um, so again, this, you know, personalization, but using technology to really help you be the best version of yourself is I think very much where we're going. So very much member led, but you know, we are a business that's been based on innovation. So just watch this space. I would yeah. say personal trainers get nervous. That has <laughs> got AI training coming. <laughs> Karen, uh, if we, if we look at the industry, uh, this is, I guess how Bryce and I have sort of viewed it you mm. can completely disagree but peloton really cr- like took the category the home fitness category out of the like the 1980s infomercial mm. and like into thigh master yeah 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 those you know all those different ab crunch machines yeah. and all of that stuff uh into like the modern tech era and you know they created hardware that people wanted to buy mm. and built a community around it with software where peloton created the category there's now a number of competitors we saw um uh, hydro, which does rowing, mm. um, tonal, and a bunch of uh, mirror and camera yeah. uh, competitors, and I'm sure there's plenty more that we uh, didn't find in our research. How do you think about um, Peloton's edge and competitive mm. advantage, and how do you think about staying ahead of all yeah. this competition that's coming into the space? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's great. One of the questions a lot of people ask is, you know, is this a fad? Did this happen through COVID? Is it going to last? And this was undoubtedly a trend that we were seeing before COVID. And also when we look at our retention, that tells us people love it. So if you're kind of on the fence and thinking about going going for it, you just need to look at retention stats mm-hmm. to say, you don't need to worry. This is something you're going to really enjoy because you're going to find the right thing for you. So we very much see that this is the future. And you're absolutely absolutely right. I mean, before home fitness was pretty, I mean, it was pretty awful, wasn't there, it? There was a real taboo around <laughs> yeah. it, you know? You wouldn't like, want to tell your mates that no. you're doing no, it. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. No, I mean, you know, how many people have bought bikes and their clothes horses? Mm. You know, they just you end up being, that's where you put your, your um, clothing on to dry. You know, we do joke about it, but this will not be that. And actually, I think one of the great things about Peloton is it's very deep commitment to every part of that customer journey. I think we were talking about it earlier. It's a, it's such a fascinating business because it's like 11 businesses in one. You know, you've got this absolutely gorgeous, sexy, beautifully designed bike and someone can be on that and it's silent. It's just so so well made but also it looks beautiful and it's you know it's not something that sits in the back of the room actually mine's at the front of the house and people are like oh look at that. <laughs> classic yeah yeah, yeah. And not that I'm trying to be showy off people but also it's... shouldn't be surprised you have a pillow yeah, yeah. <laughs> that what? is true that is true but it is really beautiful and mm. so I think that design where we've really committed to create the best bike in the world we've absolutely done that and no other bike matches up to that and you can even talk to spin instructors that have been on lots of different bikes 
And in fact, a lot of our retail team have made up of really experienced spin instructors and they're just like, this is phenomenal. Mm. This is the best bike I've ever been on. So you've got an incredible bike. You've got the best content. You know, we've got film quality studios, $50 million per studio in London and New York. So the quality of the recording, the visuals is just phenomenal. We've partnered with, you know, incredible artists all around the world and just the depth of playlists. There is, you know, I think a deep, you know, social responsibility to the business. We're very fiercely anti-racist. So you also know this is a, a company that you feel proud to, you know, be part of that community for what we're also standing for and what where we're giving back to communities around the world. And then I think that that whole experience from content then moving into the, how you buy the bike, so you can go into Martin Place or some of our other stores, or you you can get a a virtual appointment and then when you buy the bike we don't just rock up and you know just leave it there we actually spend time with you we get your shoes on we get you onto the bike and make sure it's properly fitted correctly we show you how to use it so there is this this wonderful experience end to end which you get to share with your family and your friends and if it's not the bike then you you get to experience the world of peloton but through an app Mm -hmm. and so again that's something you can take with you everywhere as well so it's not just simply you know people buying the bike as well to access it but i think that that kind of end to end vertically integrated business that we care so much about that member experience that we haven't outsourced those parts we've said it's too important so in my opinion we just don't have a competitor that is anywhere near to that you know to that um excellence in everything that we do along that journey so i ride normal bikes and and (laughs) is normal bikes a pejorative term because you're a champion cyclist i heard earlier and uh, you know getting on the old school spin class bikes super uncomfortable massive seat they're not you know they're just designed for sort of pain anyone pain yeah (laughs) i haven't ridden a peloton but i i'd I'd be interested too. Can't wait for you guys to send us a couple. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But my question is around the innovation of the bike. Like what if a competitor comes out and just makes a better bike? I've spent two and a half grand buying your bike and then you come out with a Peloton 2.0. Like what's the process or the R&D that goes into that? Mm. Or is it all in the tech, all in the delivery of the experience itself? You know, to build a really strong business means that you – to some degree, there's business as usual, but you always need to be investing in your future. And so um, you will just see, we've, you know, we've done a capital raise um, fairly recently. And again, our commitment is that we are investing into this experience to make it always to make it better. So there are always new features that are coming out, new functionality that is coming out. And so you saw that we, you know, had the bike, the original iconic bike, but there were features that customers wanted. But we kept the original one because of the price point you know, we're very, again, committed to making sure that we do reach that goal of getting to 100 million people around the world that are part of this community. So having a bike that is accessible price is really important, but also you know, building on new features and technology is really important. So the Autofollow, for example, is just a phenomenal experience in terms of that kind of bike instructor taking over your bike and you're not having to lean down and interrupt your, your class to kind of change the the weight on your wheels effectively so if anyone has done a lot of spinning and they know how mm-hmm. often you have to go down and, and kind of change those weights it is it actually can be quite frustrating mm-hmm. so it's you know it is really amazing to just go oh my god it's completely connected I'm really working out and someone's actually changing all of these modalities for me 
I think in answer to your question, um, people shouldn't be worried because we're fiercely competitive. We will be the best. We are the best. And that's part of just continuing to invest in, in creating better experiences for our, for our members. You know, there've been many times um, through the year, the years where um, we've always done the right thing by our members and other companies may not have chosen to react that way. The first thing for us is always looking after them and putting what they want in front of could be profitability or growth, but saying we need to do the right thing by, by people. And I think that trust in our brand is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, we get that feedback all the time that people, you know, do trust us. So I think that's, it's not always what happens when things are right. Sometimes it's what you do when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that was a tough, uh, you answered it well. Tough question from Bryce. He's not, a, you, it's unlikely you'd ask Tim Cook if someone comes up with a better laptop, are you going to replace my Yeah, but it's more just like um, I'm interested in the thought process around like consistently building new bikes Mm. and like Mm. or a customer is more concerned about the the actual tech and the engagement and the offering of classes and if that's the more engaging part because do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of tech, I feel like uh, we can't talk about Peloton and digitizing fitness uh, without talking about the biggest buzzword in tech at the moment, which is the metaverse. (laughs) Uh, Has there been any internal discussions about how connected digital fitness looks uh, Mm. when Zuckerberg drags us all into the metaverse? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, that there's elements are already there. I mean, I was uh, working out the other day and, you know, people can choose their, you know, photos or avatars and somebody's avatar is a kangaroo. But people are already choosing um, their hashtags, they're choosing their communities, they're high-fiving one another virtually, they're connecting to one another in that um, in those environments. And also, you know, from a social network perspective, people are finding their crew. So whether they're finding their crew through our app or they're using um, even things like Spotify, Spotify, for example. So when you like the music, that feeds through to your Spotify account and builds out your playlist. And so people are finding, you know, other family and friends are enjoying the kind of music they like, or they're finding, um, you know, groups on on Facebook and creating their own kind of social networks. So to some degree, you know, we, we live our worlds here on the planet, but so much of what we do is also deeply connected to technology. And we live so much of our lives on Zooms and in other environments that I think it is, you know, it's a natural evolution of, of where we go. I still think, you know, people are still humans and that connectedness is really, really important. And it's been lovely to see, you know, so many friendships and relationships being built through our, our network to the point that we even, you know, have an annual conference every year because our members physically wanted to see one another and so um you know that happens every year in in york and it was virtual this year so another extension of how we create a festival of peloton to bring people together so we're asking all of uh the ceos that we speak to about sustainability Mm -hmm. uh very important for the equity mates community so how is uh peloton sort of driving sustainability within the business yeah i think every company is on a journey and we've been uh, very vocal about in terms of ESG and we've just launched our first ESG report, which is really comprehensive. So anyone can actually download that from our investor pages. 
So we've done a huge amount around, I think, social impact. I think we're in our, you know, this is our first sustainability report. And when you are representing equipment, which is actually quite heavy, you know, does have a footprint on the world. Um, you know, I'm really proud to work for a company that is saying we care, this matters because it does. We kind of look at that through, I'd probably say, you know, five lenses and that's that's detailed in the report. But if I just kind of pick out one of them and in terms of, you know, how we view, you know, our worldview is around we really want to make an impact on our members, but we don't want to make an impact or a footprint on the world. Um, and we really want that to be light touch. And so that requires thought and consideration and care around how we start to change the way that we do things. And so that can be everything from power. So we have, you know, factories. Uh, one of the things we talked to um, fairly recently is the fact that we actually invest in to build um Peloton in in the US, a first factory. So again, that has a huge impact on, you know, carbon emissions, you know, being much closer to the source of one of the biggest markets for Peloton in the world. Um, but it also gives us a great opportunity to build from scratch. And so whether that's um, looking at methodologies for different materials or the processes, how we're using water, our commitment to hydrogen and energy, but also thinking about the circular economy as well. So how are we doing that? We have an apparel business and the same thing. What are the kinds of materials we're using? And we recently launched our own um, um, apparel range. We've always had apparel, but in collaboration with other with other companies. And so now we have the ability to actually think much more deliberately about how we're sourcing fabrics. Can that be from recycled material? How are we thinking about returns and where does that go? What do we do with spare parts? And I think as a country manager also for Australia, it's something I'm deeply passionate about. I always have been. And I think there is you know, a real opportunity for us here to do things differently. And already as we've started our, you know, field operations here in Australia, we've been able to do things in a slightly different way to how we've rolled out other countries simply by the sheer geography and size of Australia. It means to be more efficient. We have to do things in a slightly different way. And for me, that's really exciting to lead a country with a sustainability first approach, everything from what we do in our office to not having snacks with plastics, you know, all the way through, because these things really, really matter. So I'm really excited that we're on our, our journey and we're, we're very committed to doing that. So I think, um, again, over the next year, we're going to be, be able to announce much more work, I think, in that space. So it's, it's really exciting for us. It is. It's very exciting. The, the whole Peloton story is pretty exciting. <laughs> so, Karen, we want to say thank you for uh, giving us some time today. I'm sure it's incredibly busy setting up <laughs> a new country's operation. Um, and we always like to end with the same uh, final question here. Peloton as a business has been around for a little over 10 years. Um, so it might be hard to think about what the business looks like in 10 years. Mm. But if you can cast your mind forward five, 10 years into the future, what does success look like for Peloton? Mm. Well, I, success always for us is 
are we making our members happy? Are we making a difference to their life? And are we helping them be better versions of themselves? And so I think that is our ultimate, you know, guiding light. I think in terms of probably our North Star, we'll give you an acronym now, which is F-A-A-S, FAS. Have you heard that? <laughs> Got to have an acronym, right? Yeah, always. 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 <laughs> which is, um, I'll just leave a second now for your readers like mm, and listeners to think, well, what is that? But it's um, fitness as a service. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Very tech-wise, yeah. everything is a service. Yeah, as a service. <laughs> if we think about what's even, you know, played out in the last five to ten years, you know, many consumers, they don't necessarily need to own things. They want access to these experiences. And we've seen that with that kind of collaborative consumption movement from Uber to Airbnb. And I think we're going to see that movement into um, into fitness. So why couldn't I have, you know, a rower and next week have a bike or then I could have, you know, Peloton Guide. So why couldn't I actually change up my, my year, my life each month with whatever I felt like I wanted to have for a subscription price. So I think many people want to have access to the very best in the world, but not necessarily to own that. So I I think that's also part of it. I also think the power of us as a social network is going to be really interesting as we go through the years, as mm. people, as we think about connected fitness, all the different modalities, all the different ways you can kind of bring that to life and all the different ways that people want to interact and gain information and share that information. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that a lot at the moment, but I, I think um, in the years to come that we're, why couldn't we be as big as Facebook? Wow. Wow. That's ambitious. That's a line to finish on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My that might be that. the line of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you can start with that one. <laughs> Well, Karen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to share the story of Peloton with our audience um, and the ambitions to be as big as Facebook. So I can't wait to um, see how the launch goes now that everyone's sort of back up and running post-COVID and um, we we can't wait to go in and check out the bikes uh, in store. I've heard that a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to get Bryce's take as the former champion cyclist in case you haven't heard. I was just just having a look. I think I would do the 30-day free trial. Yeah. it goes. And, okay. if, and if I feel like I'm part of that 92% cohort of that yeah. retention rate, then yeah. I'll think about it. Wow. <laughs> it's a way forward. Yeah, you, you get the bike, we'll come in, we'll train you up, we'll set it up. And if you don't like it in 30 days, we'll come and pick it up. Absolutely no qualms whatsoever. Watch this space. I was just thinking, though, that um, we're recording this uh, in November and 30 days, it's going to eat into a lot of holiday time so I'll probably, <laughs> probably do it next year but. you've also Bryce also has a 150k bike race in like two weeks so. <gasps> oh yeah. my goodness yeah, yeah. Yeah. but I was thinking it would have been nice to have a peloton because all of the rain has killed yeah. funding true See? but maybe it's a better ride than your actual bike and so it would actually be tough to go back outside true. Yeah. <laughs> just do it anyway yeah, we can pick this up yeah. <laughs> thanks so much you Karen. want a bike I hear you yeah it was really subtle I'm not yeah. sure I got the uh, I'm not sure I got the undertones there. We actually don't have a podcast. This is just an elaborate ruse to get a bike. (laughs) Well, Karen, love uh, the dedication. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's Um, been delightful. Thank you so much. Looking forward to watching it roll out. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, really enjoyed the session. And um, uh, I can't wait to hear what you think of the bike. Thank you. (laughs) So, Ren, super fascinating company. Really interesting to see and to hear from Karen about future of fitness and where this is all going. So. We'll um, try and get that bike 
so we can give it a crack. Yeah. And uh, Hot Boy Winter 2022. <laughs> Hot Boy Winter. I, all I need is that Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> now we have three episodes to go in the summer series. Uh, we're, we're really enjoying this. We hope you guys are as well. It's all thanks to Superhero who allow you to buy uh, US and Aussie shares and ETFs. Uh, with no monthly account fees and you can now earn Qantas points with Superhero. So visit superhero.com.au slash Qantas to learn more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions and fees and charges apply. And a reminder that you still have the opportunity to win $1,000 into a Superhero wallet to get your investing journey underway. All you need to do is take your favorite fact from this episode and drop it in the comments on our Instagram post for this episode that will be available now over on Instagram for the Peloton episode. And we'll choose a lucky community member to uh, win a thousand bucks and let you know by the end of the week. But otherwise, Ren, we're uh, talking about Calyx next week, one of uh, one of the hottest stocks in the Equitymates community, a stock that has risen an incredible 600% in the last 12 mm. months. And we're going to unpack why that is. So stay with us. Uh, we'll pick it up next episode. Equitymates Investing Podcast is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.